Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bleachers. I think this is episode 11, and I also think that it's good when you start to lose track of how many episodes you've done because you're just so into it. <laughs> but Jocelyn, we have had such a busy week in our personal lives, in our work lives, but we are back, we are caught up, and we are ready to talk about all of the things. Am I right? all of the things especially the all-star weekend (laughs) (laughs) so this is like kind of a big moment for the WNBA season we are officially at the halfway mark Mm -hmm. um which of course is a big deal for a lot of different reasons um, one being just the simple fact that we're halfway through the season already. If I feel like it's just flown by, but also because this is like a pivotal turning point in the season, you're going to see, you know, where teams kind of stand. You're going to have your top teams kind of making that push towards the top of the standings and, you know, what that will look like in terms of going into the playoffs. You know, you want to be as high as possible on the standings to make sure that you get a good seating for playoffs. We have some teams that are still trying to make that push to secure their spot in the top eight so that they can secure their spot in the playoffs. And then you have those teams at the bottom that really have a decision to make, like, do we have enough in the tank to, squeeze our way in there or are we comfortable you know riding out the season and really focusing on like what it's going to look like in the off season and, and next season and then in addition to that we also have the trade deadline that is coming up in August which means that you know changes may happen to rosters as teams continue to contemplate like what they need to do for the remainder of the season Um, So even though All-Star Weekend is a nice break from, you know, the grind of the season and the routine, it really is a pivotal point in the season in terms of how everything is going to pan out for the second half of the season and into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so crazy how fast time has been flying, you know, and I think I always felt like, all-Star Weekend is around the time of, like, mid-season where, you know, you're figuring out things, you know, you're crowning some, like, star of the weekend, but also, like you said, it's reality. You're taking a step away, basically, from reality. And, you know, it's like a little break of, like, okay, before we get into the nitty-gritty of this second half of the season, before we start getting the playoffs and all that good stuff, like, and before we start making trades or possibly firing and, you know, all that's already been happening. So, I mean, it's a great kind of like distraction, like a healthy distraction, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And I love the fact that we've seen the the WNBA All-Star Weekend um, really just grow from just a single game to, I believe it was in 2017, they incorporated um, the three-point contest, which was originally at halftime Mm -hmm. for the All-Star game. And now they have added the three-point contest in the skills challenge on a separate day. So that was on this past Friday with the game being on Saturday on primetime on ABC. So all of these things are happening, plus all of the activities that they have added 
throughout the weekend and all the different ways that they incorporate both past and present players. Um, so it, it's to see it grow to what it has become now, it's only going to get bigger and better. Um, another thing that I noticed that I really liked was that they actually announced the location of next season's All-Star Weekend during this weekend, which is a big deal because I think the number one complaint with All-Star Weekend had always been that it wasn't announced like where the location was going to be until the regular season started. And then people didn't have enough time to plan. And then ticket sales were always like kind of wonky because people could never figure out like where to buy the tickets. And by the time you got like, by the time you figured out where to get them and how to get them, like tickets were sold out because of course they give preference to like that city's home you know, season ticket holders and, th- and right. you know, people that are close by. And then you have to buy your airline ticket. You have to get your hotel. And so it was really like a scramble right. um, to get everything together. And so it really left the fans kind of feeling like, well, you know, media get their job to pay for their, their flight and their hotel and all of those things. And they get access to all of the like engaging things and the post conferences and stuff. But we as fans wanted more, opportunities to get involved and so i love how they're taking all those things into consideration and so from here on out it's only going to get bigger and better next year we'll be in phoenix and so this Woo! is the first time in phoenix in a long time does that mean diana Taurasi is going to retire at the end of the season does that mean Brittany griner is going to resign with phoenix like it's exciting to think because phoenix has really been in this uh tussle so to speak, in the last couple of years between like the coaches and players and players on players getting into right. arguments and stuff. And so it's really been an interesting dynamic over there. But this will be a time where Phoenix will have to come together and, you know, host and put on a show. So that'll be an exciting thing for next year. And we have a whole year to plan. Yes. Yeah. Now. And I think even what was it? Something I uh, forget. Kelsey Plum had said about like as far as the tickets going to players, they shouldn't be scrambling for that. They should automatically be getting tickets to at least fill the, those seats too. You know, like I think that should just be a given. I mean, I don't know really how it works for the NBA. I know everybody and their mom must be getting ready for that, you know, and, and like you said, they have enough time to prep. I know people that prep a year before, People go out there to get shows. People go out there to have fun. People go out there, you know, like it's no matter where it is, they're they're going to have a good time. And um, and a lot of the players show up, if, if not all. I don't know if those players, the NBA players, if they get automatic tickets. But if, again, viewership is a thing and like obviously you're showing camaraderie for your own like, you know, fellow like, you know, I guess like teams within the league, you're these elite players in your profession, like your colleagues, think of it like this big, you know, convention, you know, like that should should be how it's treated for the players and they shouldn't have to be scrambling and all that for tickets. So, I mean, I agree with Kelsey and it's good that she shed the light on that, that fact. And hopefully, like you said, for next year, they can start planning and making sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah, I definitely saw that. And I, you know, I had to do a little bit of digging because, of course, when you hear things like players are not getting tickets, you're like, what? But they play in the league. Like, what is going on? So somebody did post a snippet of the collective bargaining agreement on social media for people to kind of refer to. 
And for what I can recall, if you are a player in the All-Star game or a participant at All-Star Weekend, I'll say, mm-hmm. you get, obviously, accommodations for yourself. So they pay for your flight. They pay for your hotel. Um, I believe it's a first-class ticket that you are, you know, eligible for. Ooh, finally. Um, and then and then you get your hotel accommodations and then i believe you get four tickets for family members or friends Mm -hmm. um that's if you're a participant in any of the activities for all-star weekend so the skills challenge the three-point contest and the actual game Mm -hmm. um if you are not a participant you're just going to support your you know fellow players or your friends or whatever you don't get any sort of like ticket accommodations or anything like that and so that's what kelsey was referring to because i know alicia clark who is kelsey's teammate on the aces and then also isabel harrison from the chicago thigh who's been out with injury um they both mentioned on twitter like wanting access to some tickets so that they could go um and so you know, th- little nuancy things like that are being highlighted, but it's also an opportunity for the commissioner, Kathy Engelbert, to kind of step up and fill in the gaps. And we know it's not going to be perfect. You know, there's always going to be something that you could do better. And you just hope that next year with everything that you're hearing that you, you know, step it up a little bit. I know that this year was the first year that the players from the skills challenge didn't necessarily have to come from the all-star game. I think that, you know, prior to this year, um, they didn't want to, the league didn't want to pay for extra people to come because obviously that means extra flight, extra hotel, taking seats away from fans, extra money out of their pockets, you know, because then you also have to pay for the tickets for them to attend the games. Um, And so they would take participants from the all-star game and put them in other spaces throughout the weekend. Um, And so now we're seeing that they have expanded that so that you can get more players involved in other things, because we like to see more faces. We like to see more people getting involved and getting recognized. Maybe you're not good enough to be an overall all-star, but three-point shooting is your specialty or like some, or maybe you just want to come and be a part of the, the other activities outside of actually playing, you know, they had different fan engaging like interviews and they had media, you know, stuff going on where media could, you know, ask questions in pre and post conference. So they had so many different um, things going on throughout the entire weekend to get all the players involved, not just the ones playing. And then there were some that were like, I don't necessarily need to be involved in the day to day activities, but I just want to come and support my friend or my teammate or yeah. my old teammate. Like, I just want to be there. And I know that South Carolina had a lot of representation for Aaliyah and Asia. Um, so we saw Zaya Cook, we saw Leticia Ami here, um, we saw like uh, Destiny Henderson, those are three I can think of off the top of my head, but I think it was like six or seven of them that weren't in the game, but yeah. they came out to support their their family, you know, Aaliyah, Boston, Asia, and Alicia Gray, all playing on the same team, like why wouldn't you want to represent that? Um, so it's nice to see more engagement from the players as well, because this is a time where if you want autographs, you're going to get autographs. You're going to be able to ask questions. You're going to be able to take pictures. Like it's a fun experience. And so it's nice that they've opened it up in a way that they hadn't before, but let's get into it. So we decided that we were going to do a little bit of a highlights episode 
And we kind of broke it down into three different sections. We're going to do the past, our favorite season highlight so far. We're doing the present, our favorite all-star moment. And we're doing the future. And we're going to be talking about the awards that are coming up at the end of the season and who are the front runners for the top season awards um, in the WNBA. So starting with the past, what has been your favorite moments um, from this season so far? Oh, man. I mean, I'm wearing the Aces jersey right now. Uh, Asia Wilson's to be exact. So I have to go with the Aces. You already know. And there's too many passes of the point gods to count. So I'm going to pull it over to her former past teammate, now new teammate from the Sparks, CP3. I will never forget that behind the back pass in transition to Jackie Young that Candace Parker did. It was so smooth. It was so effortless. It was just vet status, but also a reminder of like who CP3 is. She hits you with the nice looks, you know, she gets you with the assist and she's a ball handler standing six foot four. Come on, man. Don't get like, like, don't get it twisted. And I love that. Like, I think it's like a cool flashback of like a flashback of how she plays and what she's capable of. And also just of just what like basketball she can bring, you know, and, and her skill set, her skill level, and she can be flashy and cool and also real clean with it. So that has to be my favorite so far. There's that others is that definitely I'm a good moment. <laughs> that is definitely a good moment. And I, you know, you highlighted it spot on. Like, this is like watching them seven years ago, you know, in, you know, Las Vegas, I mean, in Los Angeles. And so seeing yeah. how they, you know, they, they went their separate ways and then they came back together and we know that they're friends outside of the game. Exactly. Um, and so to see that chemistry grow in LA and then to see them grow as friends, even though they were playing on different teams and then now to see them come back together, like, I feel like that one-two punch has just gotten so much stronger as they, you know, as their game has continued to elevate to new heights. I mean, Chelsea Gray, she is just amazing to watch. She, I, I, I don't even have words for it. Like, I, I still find myself just, like, in awe mm-hmm. of how she has grown, how she has, you know, is embracing change and evolving her game. And also, like we always talk about, especially within the last couple episodes that we've had, just embracing what your role is. Like, she was nicknamed the point god by Candace Parker years ago. And to see how she has, like, just embraced that role and taken it by storm. And it's like, you want point god? That's what you're going to get. I love Especially in that skills challenge. And we're going to talk about it a little. I mean, that also, we want to do kind of Okay, well, all right. Well, let's let me not skip ahead, but we'll we'll talk about it a little later. But I'm just saying, I have to. But anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Let me let me not get ahead of ourselves. What's your, what's your favorite moment of the season? So my favorite moments, or I guess moments of the season, have just been witnessing Alicia Gray's evolution in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I think that 
everyone in the league has noticed how comfortable she has now become. Um, I think that towards the end of her tenure in Dallas, people were starting to feel like that wasn't where she was meant to be. Um, and Alicia's not a, a, com- a complainer, at least publicly. You know, she's not a complainer. She's going to get her job done. But we could see that Dallas just was not fitting for her. So to see her evolution in Atlanta happen so quickly, um, to see how she's playing a lot lighter, a lot happier, is exciting to watch because she's got so much talent just like bottled up in her that now she's able to freely use. Um, It's really like such a sight to see. Um, And even Asia Wilson um, gave the Atlanta dream a nod um, in one of the interviews that she did during the all-star game. Um, And she said that, you know, it's nice to see Alicia play with such confidence to, you know, be able to grow her game with a team that she feels comfortable with, that she has a lot of, you know, chemistry with already, um, even just in this small portion of the season. And then also as her best friend, you know, we know that they've been best friends since South Carolina. They were roommates in South Carolina. Um, We see their interactions, you know, on social media away from the game. And so just to, you know, hear her happy for her friend, it's kind of like, that's how we've been feeling as fans of Alicia Gray. Um, you know, that we've, we've seen the growth as well in her and it's nice to see her get that. And also just to see the growth in Atlanta, you know, Atlanta has struggled a lot within the last few years, just to find like what coaches fit, what players fit. Um, and they've always had a lot of talent, but you know, they've never quite figured out how to get over the hurdle and get to that, you know, that championship. And so they've got some great players over there that I think can take them very far. Um, As of now, they've won six games in a row, which is such a a long way from where they came when they started this season. Um, So I love seeing Alicia Gray grow into her own in Atlanta. And I love seeing how she has fit into um, you know, the team dynamic and how all those pieces have kind of come together because they have some amazing players out there, three of which were in the All-Star game. I'm so – and I think we low-key called uh, Cheyenne Parker being a part of the I, – I feel like, you know, I, that was one of my picks. I'm like, I would love to see Cheyenne Parker in the, uh, you know, All-Star game. Obviously, Alicia Gray was in there, too, in the skills talent uh, – the skills challenge, too. We I feel like we called that. Did we not call that? We called – at least we called Cheyenne Parker, at least. And that's so crazy that it came to fruition. And I love that duo. I didn't even know that that was a duo that I wanted and I love to see them working together. And they did really well, you know, like if it wasn't for, you know, Chelsea Gray. But um, <laughs> watching Alicia, I just, I love her. Like, again, Buckets. Listen, Buckets is going to be out here. Even for her to call herself Buckets, like you said, like just coming into her confidence, finding her rhythm, finding her team, I think is wonderful. So, yeah, that's a great pick, Sam. So, wait, what's your other one? You said moments, plural. Well, just, just Atlanta in general. Those are my okay. moments. <laughs> okay. okay. I do have one more. 
and it's going to be for uh it's going to be a Leah Boston when she uh made that three point was it a three pointer to like put the uh put her team in the overtime they did end up losing but the fact is she kept them holding the game so <laughs> against New York against the number two seed right now. You know what I'm saying? So, again, and it goes back to us talking about that team. Like, you can't keep a star down. No way, no how. Aaliyah Boston is a star. Even she was also an all-star this year. First time rookie season, all-star. She held her own in the game as well. And she shines so bright. Her personality, too. You know, I love her. And I love to see how we're talking about growth. I love to see how, despite adversity, despite, you know, issues possibly seen or unseen, heard or, un, you know, spoken or unspoken, you know, Aaliyah is going to rise to the occasion because she's that kind of person. Uh, she's exceptional. And I love to watch her growth. And we're not even up, done with the season yet. And the fact, like you, we were talking about previously in so many other episodes, how the Indiana Fever are always right there. You know, they're not, you know, they might not close it out, but they're always right there with the best of them. Like, you know, the New York Liberty is one of the best in, in the league right now. And for her to, like, you know, keep them in the game in that way, that was a huge, huge shot for me. And, uh, you know, just to watch some of her teammates just run over to her and embrace her, it was it was so heartwarming to see. And I'm like, yeah, y'all know y'all need her, so stop playing games. <laughs> anyway, but yes. <laughs> and, I, and I think to your point, more bigs are adding the three-point shot to their game. And I think that that is something that has evolved, especially over the last, like, 10 to 15 years. I know that Candace Parker was one of the first to really make it visible that bigs can still hit it from the three. And so she, when she added that to her game, it at the time it was a big deal. You know, like, oh, my gosh, she's – supposed to be down in the paint and she's out you know at the perimeter hitting threes like it's never seen before but now you have Cheyenne Parker embracing it you have Aaliyah Boston embracing it you have Brittany Griner embracing it Asia Wilson like you have all of these players that are like 6'4", 6'5", 6'9", and they are doing it all so like Aaliyah Boston is a testament to this new wave of energy that is coming from you know just a new generation and a new way of looking at the game and then how the game has evolved where everyone was so stuck to like playing their role so specifically. Now you see all these players that are doing so many different things. And like we talked about, it starts with understanding the fundamentals of your position. And then from there being able to expand to doing so many other things. So a player like Brittany Griner she talked about how she didn't really incorporate the three into her game until two seasons ago. And it wasn't even in actual games, but she would be in practice just like, let me take a couple shots and see what happens. And just more and more, she felt comfortable with it. So to hit a three, like on her first game back, clutch, you know, you don't, moments like that you would have never seen before. So Aaliyah Boston, like I said, is a testament to how, the game is evolving, how the the understanding of what you can do in your capacity as a player is just constantly changing. So kudos to her. I think um, in terms of favorite, 
In terms of favorite all-star moment, I think a lot of people will be really shocked to hear my favorite all-star moment. Um, and I'll preface it by saying that people that know me know that I love when things happen that prove me right. And so my favorite moment is actually Sabrina Ionescu winning the three-point contest. And I know, Jocelyn, you kind of looking at me like, where is this coming from? But I'll explain why. Because last episode and in previous episodes, we have talked about understanding your position. And not only you as an individual player understanding your position, but understanding, like, as a team, how you can understand your players around you and what their strengths and weaknesses are. And it has always been very obvious that Sabrina – loves to shoot the three, is very accurate in her three-point shot. All she needs is the opportunity. And we talked about how, you know, prior to this current roster, she kind of felt like she had to do it all. Like she came in with this load on her back, like she needed to carry New York into, you know, the next phase. And, mm -hmm. you know, you know, she was she's not a player that is able to do it all right now. You right. know, and so we saw her struggle a lot, you know, because she was trying to dribble. She was trying to pass. She was trying to shoot. She was trying to play defense. She was trying to block. She was trying to, like she was trying to do too much. And it ended up just being not enough at all because she was doing too many of everything. Really and so crazy. now that she has. Right. And so now that she has all of these additional all star type players around her, it has, you know, really forced everyone to find the role for them and we talked about this very early on um in the season and in the podcast that it was going to be a struggle for new york if they could not find what works for them and if every person was not able to embrace their strengths and every player was not able to play off of each other's strengths mm -hmm. but th that moment where she won the three-point contest it proved us right that her spot is at the three-point line. So what does New York need to do? New York needs to clear the defense and give her the space to shoot a wide-open shot. She yeah. broke the record for the number of points in a three-point contest with 37. In the final so round, she only right. missed two shots. Two shots. That is – and still, I think she hit it, like, the last one, like, with one second left on the clock. So it wasn't even like she was scrambling. She was just in such a flow with it. Yeah, and we it know what happens even in games when Sabrina gets hot at the three. Like, she could just hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. But she yeah. needs to be – have that space open. And so New York Liberty players, get your man open. Move the defense. Figure out how to shift it so that she can get those open shots because she can hit them. Yeah, so clearly. she literally proved us right. And mm -hmm. I love when we're when we're proven right. I love when our predictions come to reality. <laughs> I mean, we've been and so we've she's been. a shooting guard. That's what we've been talking about this entire time. She is a shooting guard and use her as a shooting guard. The shooting guard, true and through. Like, I mean, it was so evident and uh, that was, you know, going back to like our regular formatting of like our, my highlight, that was one of my highlights because I was like, 
she really made his her story really because she said she said even that Steph Curry had called her and was like was like yo really you had to do that because I think she's even broken the record not only in women's you know history for the WNBA contest with most with, with the most shots uh, made but also in the NBA no one's ever done that she was nearly perfect and what's crazy is that Sammy. Um, you know, from the Seattle Storm, she had a great first round. She actually won the first round with, I think, she had twenty-eight points, and then mm. she even her uh, her championship round in the um in the shooting three co- three point contest, she still did pretty good. She did do decent. Like even Rebecca Lobo had to say, "Wait, like she's actually having a good run." But and even Ryan did- Rucco said that if Sabrina hadn't hit thirty-seven, like she probably like Sammy she had a number won. that could have won. Yeah. yeah. She probably would have won. <laughs> and it was so funny, too. You could see that Sabrina, uh, at the end of it, when she went to go hug Sammy, she kind of, like, mouthed, I'm sorry. I'm like, girl, I mean, what you lying for? <laughs> you killed it. <laughs> like, you know, and again, we're firm believers of giving respect where respect is due. I tip my hat off. Like, that is not easy. But to see her in such a rhythm it was a sight to watch. Everybody had to give her her props because no one else did it. You know, like, no offense to Arike, but her first round, you know, first round Arike did good. She she was, she was qualified for the championship round. She scored 21, but that, that championship round was crazy. It was, she only, I think it was the least amount of, like, ever, I think. Um, well, I don't know if it was ever, but at least in that competition, she scored the least. It was only 11 points. And she, <laughs> I thought it was funny because she was like, all I have to say is maybe they should add a, like, you know, a step into, uh, maybe I could dribble or whatever, dribble into my <laughs> shot. If they do that, I bet you have a little better. Uh, I was like, come on, Darlene. I'm like, nah, girl, you just you just didn't have it that second round. That's all right. The championship round, you faltered, but it's okay. You know, these things happen because I think it was meant for Sabrina to showcase her legitimate skill and that like you said is the three point shot she's got that she's got that and she's got the four point shot too because she was draining those as well and again like she was wide open I'm like that was weird and nobody even tried to contest her but if you leave her open she can knock those shots down nine times out of ten if she's going to keep shooting those wide open shots she's going to knock them down you're going to pay for it and half sometimes she she can get knocked down those contested shots, but I think like you said, this is a showcase um, to everybody else that like one now they know like okay we can't leave her open <laughs> moving forward, but it's also like a, a take note Liberty New York Liberty get your girl open because she can shoot from anywhere and she can knock that crap down. So like kudos to you Sabrina. That was amazing. You're amazing for that. Like you, you show that you are a three point champion. You're a champion as far as three point uh, contests go. So, yeah, that was a really big highlight. <laughs> and we're hard on players, but we also, like you said, give credit where credit is due. Absolutely. And uh, can I also say something about Brittany Griner since you had talked about her recently? 
the fact, like, in the All-Star game, she was having a lot of fun, but who knew that Brittany Griner could get down that low in the def- defensive stand? Like, I remember that that was something that I loved to do, like, slap the floor, like, once, like, I was in a defensive stand, just to kind of, like, psych out my freaking, you know, opponent also, <laughs> because I used to pride myself in defense. And the fact that she got down that low, like, even though she was joking and playing around, she stuck with, like, Chelsea Gray, you know? And I'm like, wait, time out. You might need to incorporate that into <laughs> the real game, Brittany, you need to have a little more fun because the fact that you was getting down, she was picking up people uh, full core. I'm like, whoa, whoa what, what is all this coming <laughs> BG, show us that in the game. I, I'm pretty sure the Phoenix Mercury could definitely you know, benefit from all of that. So, yeah, I mean, I love the All-Star Weekend. Like You could, like, you could see everybody having a good time, but yeah, going back to Sabrina again, kudos. That was amazing. Yeah. So what was your favorite all-star moment? Well, besides that, um, I would also say it was um, NECA when she had grabbed one of the rebounds and uh, Arike was trying to like, she shot, oh, she grabbed the rebound from, um, from Arike after she had missed the layup, I believe, or shot, whichever one. And Arike was just trying to like get it from her. And like uh, NECA just kind of like held the ball up like really high. <laughs> And Enrique was jumping like I thought that was such a cute fun moment. They had like a little cute fun hug after that. Uh, I just love like that. That was cute to me. And obviously BG, especially this new again. I, I talked about this in previous episodes about like the media, like this new formatting of like interviews while like and they're in action, like this action pack you know, during the game or while the coaches are on the sideline, like Steph White, like, uh, you know, having that interview in her ear while she's watching, actively coaching the game. And then with BG being mic'd up and actually having an interview while on the court, that is such a cool dynamic that they brought to this game. Um, And BG, I love how her personality just came out. Brittany Griner is funny. Like, she's such a goofball and, like, she's so fun and warm. And, again, they, you know, they they brought back the fact of, you know, she this time last year, she was not here. You know, she was behind bars. She was locked up. And it's crazy, like, you know, what a difference, one, a year can make. But, two, just her bounce back. Her bounce back ability is just out of this world. And I I think she's just, like, playing and she's living now with just a little bit more spunk and just a little bit more gratitude. And you can just see it exuding off of her. It's radiating all and through her. And I love that. So that whole dynamic of, like, her on the court and, and making jokes and, like, you know, like, uh, uh, she was just talking and, and having fun and, and, and cracking jokes. It's just... A, a sight to see so that was my favorite that was one of my I favorite think parts of the, uh, you definitely hit the nail on the head with um being mic'd up during the game because I think that a lot of people mm-hmm. feel like in order to be a fan of you know professional basketball be it NBA or WNBA or even at the college level like you have to be, you have to understand the game or you have to be a fan of the game. And a lot of people don't watch it because they're like, oh, I don't like basketball. But this is just another way to engage players. You know, we see things from our, you know, perspective as spectators, maybe former players or even, you know, current players that just aren't at, you know, their level. 
And but they see things from a different perspective, not only because they're in the game, but because they're professionals. And Mm -hmm. so to be able to hear their thought process and and their flow of thinking throughout the game, it just makes you feel so much more connected. So you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to understand the nuances of, of basketball or the nuances of the WNBA, because now you have the different ways that you got the coaches, like you said, doing the sideline interviews while they're coaching. So they're giving you real-time rationale as to why they're making certain decisions. And then you have players giving real-time rationale as to their adjustments in the game or why they decided to make this move instead of that move. And so when we're talking fan engagement and how important um, it is in a a smaller league that is fan-driven, it's so essential um, to have moments like that because they just make you feel connected in a different way. Yeah. I love that dynamic. Whoever thought about that in the room or whatever, uh, kudos, because it, it's a great dynamic. It's a, it's a great feature that they added. And like you said, it just kind of makes you feel like you're in the game too, you know, almost like player one, you know, like you're controlling it and you're like in their minds and their heads and, and like you said, it can also get you to understand the game a bit more like, oh, that makes sense. Or why would somebody do that now? Oh, OK. OK. Now I understand like why that coach said that or you know what I mean? So it can also get people more more basketball savvy, you know, like heighten their IQ. And I love that feature. So I hope they continue it. I, I hope that they bring it into like real like live season, Um, you know, as far as like micing up the coaches, that's cool. But even like micing up the players while playing because I know Candace Parker was mic'd up before and she's fun especially like those local people I think the next person I want to hear mic'd up is Alicia Clark I think you know because she's so great again defensive player we're gonna get to that but like I really want to like you know like hear her like hear her talking to her teammates I'm sure it's like so great and I'm sure she's like really chatty and um I just would love to see that but uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I really loved about the uh, All-Star Game. One other thing, uh, oh, my gosh. It, oh, Jewel Lloyd. Jewel Lloyd winning MVP, uh, you know, and the fact that they, the, you know, the little backstory on her family and her parents, it would be in their 40th uh, anniversary. She did good. She she scored, what, 31 points, was it? Um, I think she, she did go over 30 because I think uh, Kelsey Plum had scored 30 last year. Um, and she won the MVP. And I also love the fact that the WNBA MVP All-Star Game uh, award, award was much bigger than last year. So uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Much bigger than the applesauce pouch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was hilarious. But, yeah, this one looked like looked like Jewel, uh, Jewel Lloyd had a little some trouble like picking that one up it was uh, it was kind of heavy you know so the weight she was with the weights on that was a good upgrade y'all thanks thanks WNBA for getting it together this year <laughs> that is well, not we'll a pocket we... size uh trophy okay but it surely is not <laughs> well moving into now the future um, and talking about the second half of the season, uh, we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the top awards that are given out at the end of the season and who we think are top contenders for those, you know, top honors, so to speak. So, Rookie of the Year first, who are you thinking? 
Duh, Aaliyah Boston. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I mean, if you don't give it to Aaliyah Boston, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, a, I'll personally write everyone involved. In the NBA. I'm going down to the offices. I'm going down to headquarters. You hear me? And we are going to have a whole debate because it doesn't make sense for it to be anyone else. I'm sorry. Love you. I love you, cook. But listen, you and you've been cooking. But I gotta give it to my girl Boston. I have to agree and say Aaliyah Boston. But I think that one person that will definitely give her a run for her money. She may not end up winning it at the end, but the player that'll give her the most run for her money is Jordan Horston. Oh yeah. Um, she has really fit in well in Seattle. She's doing all of the things that are necessary. You could tell she's a player that is like, where do you need me? What do you need me to do? And she's going to go out and execute it. So I definitely think that while Aaliyah Boston is getting a lot of the praise just because of the program that she comes from and, you know, all of the accolades that she got even prior to coming into the WNBA, I think that Jordan will definitely give her a good run for her money, especially in the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, even starting out, uh, I would have even said Diamond Miller. I would have even said her, you know. Um, now, I, I think, like you said, Jordy might be the one. But as far as, you know, if they have to have people in consideration, I, I would throw Diamond Miller in the, in the mix. Yeah, and I think for Diamond, it's unfortunate that she got injured. I think, what, after yeah. two games? Yeah. She got injured and was out for an extended period of weeks. Um, but she's come back and it's like she never left, mm -hmm. you know. So I definitely think that she would definitely also give Aaliyah a run for her money. Um, I just think that being out, what, a third of the season really works to her disadvantage. Yeah. Um, but all great rookies, those three have just been standout, phenomenal Um so more to come in the second half. Uh, MVP, I'm going to go first because I already know who you're going to say, and I'm not going to say who you're going to say. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, I, girl, you wearing a jersey. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to switch it up because I'm not going to be <laughs> rude and take your pick. And I'm going to say Jewel Lloyd. I think that this is Jewel Lloyd's time. This is Jewel Lloyd's year. And she has been having an MVP type season from the get go. And Seattle has been struggling. Yes, they have been struggling with a capital struggling. But Joy Lloyd comes out every night. She puts that team on her back. She knew that with Suber retiring and Brianna Stewart leaving, that this was officially her team. And I'm excited to see them grow around her, but she knew that she had to elevate her game to the next level because that was the only way that Seattle was going to stay afloat. And don't get it twisted. Like they struggling over there, but Jewel is having the best season of her life right now. She is dialed in. She's got her foot on the gas and she is not stopping. She is not getting discouraged. At least not that we see. And I think that the all-star game is just further evidence that she is locked and loaded and she wasn't even letting up for the all-star game. She was going without, you know, any barriers. She was just bulldozing through everything. So that is going to be my pick. Yeah. I mean, 
honestly, I think that Joel Lloyd has put the you know the you know Seattle Storm on her back, and clearly she is that that person. She's that player. They call her you know. Well, but anyway, like I mean, she's Gold clearly Mamba. Mm-hmm. one of those players that it's hard not to watch. It's hard not to give her that nod, you know? So I think that for sure she, she's in the running. I I agree with you. Honestly, you know, I agree. That's a great, that's a great pick. And that was Asia wasn't going to be my first pick. Honestly, it was going to be Lloyd. you know? So I think we agree on that. It really was. (laughs) I think, you know, the all-star game kind of showed you the kind of player she is, you know? So I think that um, Joel Lloyd is definitely in the, con- in the con- you know, in the, in the contest of that, but she's a great contender, but I would also say, yes, obviously Asia Wilson, duh. But I want to say her teammate, the point guard, Chelsea Gray. I think Chelsea Gray should definitely be in the running for MVP this year. Um, you know, go on to say, let's go back to, you know, former Seattle Storm player Stewie, you know, Brandon Stewart also has got to be in, in in conversation. I really want to be who I really really want to be in in the conversation is Alyssa Thomas. We keep talking about her. I mean, she leads. She's she's been leading the the league and all these double doubles, triple double, like. Give the girl the crown already, because I, I mean, laying down the she's laid down the foundation. Give her the dad those at all. You can pick from any of the litter. All those women deserve, um, and I wouldn't be mad, but I really think that Alyssa Thomas could win. I really do. All great picks. Um, Defensive player of the year. Who you got? I have to say, dang. So I I was thinking about this one. You know, it's got to be. I'm trying. I'm trying to move away from Asia. You know, I'm trying to move away from Asia. And I'm trying to go in a different route. <laughs> but I, I, it's just hard for me to think of. <laughs> All right, I'll say one. Okay, Asia Wilson's one. I'll give you Asia Wilson's one. I think Brittany Sykes. Because oh, I think that was gonna be my I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong or if you know. I think she. Ah, yeah. <laughs> See? I, she's, I think she's leading the league. I'm not sure. I think she has been leading the league in, in, in stills. But Brittany Sykes don't – listen, do not sleep on Brittany Sykes out here. She Not only can she do it on the offensive end, she can definitely get it done on the defensive end. And I love to – again, we talked about her before. I love to see her play, and I love to see that dynamic she brings on the defensive end. So those are my two top two picks. Yeah, I, I I mean, my pick was Brittany Sykes. I don't think the Mystics would be where they are right now at this point in the season without her. Um, she brought <laughs> so much defensive presence uh, from L.A., previously Atlanta. 
she's known mostly for her defense. Um, and when you have players like Elena Deladon and Ariel Atkins that like to score, you know, you got to have a little bit of that added defensive pressure. And she can rebound, she can steal, she can block. But aside from all of the things that you see on the stat sheet, she does all of the things that don't make it onto the stat sheet. You know, all of those deflections, all of those almost turnovers, just her physical presence. She's like a gnat, yeah. you know. And so those things you wouldn't be able to see on the stat sheet, but to watch her, she just brings up pressure that makes it difficult for the opposing team. Um, so Brittany Sykes for a player that you might not get 15 points out of her. You might not see, you know, all the high numbers on the stat sheet, but the stat sheet is not a reflection of how great of a player she actually is. And she's actually one of the more underrated players that you highlighted earlier um, on the podcast um, just for all of the skill that she brings. Um, most improved player. I'm going to give that one to Dana Evans. And I made a comment recently that Dana Evans definitely is one of the players that, you know, is a top contender for most improved player. But if they played her now, I mean, if they played her then as much as they do now, they would have known that she's not really like most improved. She's been playing like this. She just needed the opportunity to shine. You know, in 2022, right. she only played 11, she only averaged 11 minutes. Now she's averaging twice that. She's averaging 22 minutes. Um, prior, she only averaged four points, one rebound, one assist. Now she's averaging nine points, two rebounds, and three assists. So she's virtually doubled in every category while still averaging 37% from the field. You know, so she's shooting with the same level of accuracy. She just needed the opportunity to get more time on the court. She shoots over 80% from the free throw line. So she's doing it all. She just needed the opportunity, needed the time. And, you know, over the past couple of years, Chicago had all of those great players, you know, Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, Candace Parker, Kalia Copper. They had so many great players out there that she just wasn't getting, you know, plus she's a young player. I think she came out in what, 2019, 2020, something like that. She's only been in the league a few years. So she really, you know, just hasn't yeah. gotten the time to shine. Um, but you put her out there, you give her the minute, she's going to produce. So I love seeing her evolve. So most approved player, but all she really needed was the minutes. She's, you know, she was going to be great regardless. I would have to say for me, Crystal Dangerfield. I think she's great in that position. I think, you know, she's been show, even though coming off of her being hurt, I think being at that height too and still making it happen for her team, you know, I think that she's a force. And and we can't not say, you know, little things, big things will come in little packages because because Crystal Dangerfield, she's out here, you know, like being the floor general that uh, that people knew her to be at UConn. You know, Crystal Dangerfield can find her players, no matter how small defenders are, 
doesn't care. She doesn't she doesn't care if they're a tree or if they're close in height to her, which is not many people in the league right now. Like, you know, she'll find her teammates and and she knows how to create like her shot. Like she knows how to get herself open. She knows how to not. So I really do think that Crystal Jangerfield could be up for the running. And then also your girl. I mean, you call me wrong and call me weird, but I think Alicia Gray too. Alicia Gray, I think she could be in contendence for like most improved coming from Dallas. I think, you know, like, like you said, finding her footing and finding her confidence now uh, with Atlanta dream and, and her, her, her chemistry with, with Cheyenne. I still love that. And um, getting that award because I don't see why she wouldn't, you know, like, I think those are great contestants, cont- uh, you know, contestants for that, for that, that award. For sure. Okay. Last category, six yes, woman yeah. of the year. Who you got? <sighs> Give it to Alicia Clark. <laughs> And you know that was also my pick. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Give it to her. Give it to her. Give it. Oh my God. See? <laughs> same. See? Well, that's we it. on the same you know, way. We're on the same page. I love that we're on the same page tonight. We all. <laughs> we're the same way. This is why we're doing this podcast together. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, well, how come on? I think even the league knows. I think everybody knows that it should be her this year. But uh, thinking about other players, I really can't think who who deserves it more than than Alicia Clark this year. That's my pick. Period. That was definitely my pick too. I mean, do you um, have if I was going else? to because pick. <laughs> If I was going to pick somebody else, it would probably be Kia Stokes. What'd you say? I said if I was going to pick somebody else, it would probably be Kia Stokes. Kia Stokes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I would say Kia Kia Stokes, Stokes but like a far second. She's been balling. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Dang, is everybody on the aces? <laughs> we love y'all other players too, okay? I'm just, it's just, we gotta give, again, we gotta give respect and we gotta give the nod where it's due. And honestly, yes, I think Kia Stokes could be, it could be a nice second, but I, like you said, a far, Heisman arms length second. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode. We are so excited for the second half of the season. The break that is all stars is winding down. And, you know, we know that the second half of the season is going to be kicked into high gear. And so we are excited for all of the things. So to follow us on Instagram, you can reach us at beyondthebleachers underscore. 
Um, we have some exciting content coming out um, within the next few weeks. So make sure that you are following us on there. Make sure you are continuing to listen to the podcast. Every Monday, the episodes go live. So continue to support, continue to watch the games, continue to, you know, follow us on social media to find out what we're thinking behind the scenes and engage with us. We love engagement. We love opposing opinions and we love the conversations. At beyond the bleachers underscore. Tell that friend to tell a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jocelyn, it was nice talking to you again. Another week. I will catch you on the next one. Catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.